Welcome to the Don't Knock It podcast, where we address misconceptions about Jesus' character, his church, and his word. By doing this, we hope to encourage you to delight in Christ before dismissing him, to know him before knocking him. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez, and today's misconception is the phrase, I don't trust the Bible because it was written by men. So let's get right into it. Right off the bat, I want to define what type of reading material the Bible actually is because many people, whether they are regular church attendees or not, simply don't know how to describe the nature of the Bible. It's not simply a set of rules or guidelines, which becomes severely problematic when you get to verses that are horrifically graphic. It's not simply a book of quotes, poorly organized, to which you can just pick and choose your favorites and put them on your bumper or on a canvas and hang it up in your living room. And it's, and it's not this outdated history of a people and a God who just couldn't seem to get along. It is a progressively revealed set of texts. What I mean by that is that the Bible in its entirety didn't just fall from the sky landing perfectly in a nicely bound book on our laps. It was essentially revealed to a specific people, namely the people of Israel, throughout several thousand years, written by 40 different authors ranging from fishermen to kings, who were from three different continents, writing in three different languages, yet all contributing to the birth of a Jewish baby who we now know as Jesus of Nazareth, the Messianic King the one whom all history and Christian thinking and living hinges on. Now, who was this revealed scripture revealed by? Well, it was God himself. So to put it simply, yes, the Bible was written by men, but each individual author was empowered by God's spirit, known as the Holy Spirit, to write down what God, through the spirit, intended for not just Israel, not just Israel to have, but for all of us to have as well. Now, let's look to the Bible for how it defines itself. 2 Timothy 3.16 reads, All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. And then verse 17 says, So that the man of God can may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So what this verse is essentially saying is that every single word in the Bible was written for a specific purpose. For teaching, it teaches us to know what is right. For reproof, how to get right. For correction, how to stay right. And for training in righteousness, how to become and do what's right. So the reading and the hearing and the studying of the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, are actually written to equip us anyone who believes in the God that the Bible reveals. This is why the Bible is often referred to as the Word of God. Not the Word of these 40 different men who wrote it, but the Word of the God who moved in those men to write down what we have today. Now, I know some of that may seem super complicated, so I want to take some time to define a specific word in 2 Timothy 3.16 to help you better understand what type of literature the Bible is. And that word is inspired. 
What does it mean when the author says that all scripture is inspired by God? Well, since the New Testament was originally written in Greek, I think it's helpful to go to the Greek to help us understand more clearly what this word means. Our English word inspired is translated from the Greek word theonoustos, which literally means breathed out by God. Theo meaning God, and then noustos meaning breath or to blow. So all scripture is breathed out by God, inspired by God. So here's another noteworthy thing about the nature of God's word. Now this may be a little confusing, but I want you to stay with me on these last couple scripture references. At the beginning of the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 1, we read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Greek word for word that we find in our English Bibles is logos, which was a word used in Greek culture to define all the power behind everything in the universe and all the purpose behind all of human all of human existence, and they usually defined it as an abstract idea, something that we couldn't really fully define. So keep that in mind here for just a sec. And then a few verses later in John 1 verse 14, we read, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So John, calling Jesus the Word, or the Logos, he's actually proclaiming something truly groundbreaking here. He is declaring Jesus to be the eternal power behind everything in the universe and the purpose behind all of human existence. He's not defining the Logos as an abstract idea like the Greeks would, something that is difficult to comprehend and fully grasp. He's defining the Logos as a person the person of Jesus Christ. So to put it all as simple as possible, the Bible is God's breathed out word by which we get to know the word of God, Jesus Christ, through whom all exists, through whom all finds its purpose. And to sum it up even further, to sum it up in one verse, John 17, 3 reads, this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So why is this important for addressing our misconception of being unable to trust the Bible because it was written by men? Well, because if we're honest with ourselves, we put our trust in other writings by men and women anyway. Whether they're scholars, journalists, or articles, we trust things like textbooks, which are constantly being revised into second and third, maybe even fourth or fifth editions. We trust in things like medical and academic journals, which are also being reviewed constantly by others and revised over the years. And I'm not trying to I'm not trying to say that trusting any of the information in these types of resources is a bad thing. Which, in a sense, if you don't believe, actually, if you don't believe in some of that information, for example, this is kind of random, but I, I think it helps make the point. What the American Heart Association recommends for daily sodium intake, if you don't trust that and try to live it out in your own individual life, it can lead to severe and even deadly harm to your body. So my point is, I'm not trying to, to dismiss any of those things. 
But my point is, if we trust and try to apply things like what we read in medical publishing, self-help books, and or even from our own human lectures in, in universities and courses that we take online, those are all written by men and women to try to learn and, and we glean, try to glean wisdom from those things to try to learn more about ourselves, to better ourselves in our present circumstances. So why not take that same energy and that same intentionality to open up God's word, to open up the Bible, God's divinely inspired word, and learn about the divine creator of the universe who sent his son to die on a cross for our sins so that we may have eternal life. I'm not going to lie to you. The Bible is not an easy book to read, and I never said that it was. But God's word was given to a community to be read and studied in community. This is why it's so important to be actively involved in your local church. This is why if you're not involved in your local church, you've probably been invited by someone who was to join them or to attend one of their weekly Bible studies. Because this book was meant to be cherished in community, to be celebrated corporately. Why? Why? Because in it, my dear friends, we learn the good news that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to live the life as to live the life we as sinners, which we all are, could never live, which was a perfectly righteous life. And he died the death that we all deserved. But God, in his rich mercy, made his son who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that when we put our trust in him, Jesus Christ, and repent of our sins, we may become the righteousness of God in him and may be able to enter into his presence when we die. That is the precious good news the entire Bible points to, and it points to one person to whom I implore you, listener, to put your faith in, to delight in him before dismissing him, to know him before knocking him. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Don't Knock It podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ramirez. Grace and peace, family.